American dream is not dead. Listen to Neil and Jeff share their leadership experiences through a new kind of leadership podcast. This is The American Hustle. I'm leveled up. And this is my world. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever, however you are joining us. This is The American Hustle, where we believe the American dream is not dead. My name is Neil with SFJ4x4.com. I'm joined in Grandma's Couch Studio. Uh, Jeff Shermani, the producer. The Italian stallion. And, the producer. And the, the creator. We took that nice little break uh, for the holidays. Yes. And now that we're back, I think we're going to come back very strong because there is a story in the news about a business relatively local to us in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yes. And we're going to talk about that today. You seem really fired up to talk about this. I, 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 you grabbed onto this. We started this as a talking point about a week ago, and it kind of news broke on like a personal level. Because on a personal level, I'm fired up about it. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll talk about why. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately to say that we, we took that little break over the holidays um, and, and that we kind of are doing some foreplanning. We have some guests lined up for... Uh, trying to kind of change up the, the the material a little bit. Yeah, really want to uh, plow back into this podcast because obviously we're we're experiencing uh, wildly successful uh, you know outcomes from our parent podcast. I speak Jeep uh, presented by SFJ four by four, and so this this spinoff for folks who kind of understand what makes us different uh, or makes us different that forty years of failing forward Jeffrey and I have and combined. Uh, experience to help our folks, our listeners at home, you know, all of all, all two of you uh, to understand, you know, where we've come up short and how we can do better as a society. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're looking to organize that and bring some guests in and uh, talk about some relative, you know, relative trending topics. And, and this one is, you know, close to home because we have a business owner or owners or something. We have a franchise. We've got a local community and we've got um, you know, disenchanted employees who are they are they the bad guys? Is the owner the bad guy? Is the franchise the bad guy? Uh, who's who's the victims? There's this whole web of yeah. of stuff for us to unpack in this conversation. So it'll be interesting to to get into it. Right. And as we get started, obviously the first thing we're gonna ask is give us that five star review. Uh Take a minute, subscribe if you haven't subscribed, and stay tuned towards the end of the episode for a quote of the week. Uh, always my favorite part. I <clears throat> I wait to listen to it uh, with our listeners so that I can kind of organically experience it, and then you know we talk it through a little bit and digest it. I'm definitely thinking that uh, any of our listeners who who are holding in there, hold on, hang in there, and wait for that quote. So what's the what's the story, Jeffrey? What's going on in the news? So in the news, there's a Dickie's Barbecue. It is a franchise location in Erie, Pennsylvania, and it is owned by two brothers, Eric and John Beatty. Um, I actually know the two brothers mm -hmm. really well. I worked with them for several years. Okay. Um, and and have been to their house. Uh, they were also DJs in the area. Okay. Um, I've been to a couple of their events that they've DJed. Um, they're, they're really nice brothers. Okay. Um, 
So they go in and they purchase a franchise. Correct. Were they business owners before, to your knowledge, since you you know them uh, on a personal other level? Other than their DJ business. Okay. So it was a they, it was a business as a DJ. They were the owners of this yes. DJ business. Yep. Um, not working for somebody else necessarily. Correct. This was their, Correct. their hustle. Okay. And they, and they did well enough with that as a, a side hustle. Sure. Um, they, I know... Um, Eric himself has been working as a manager for another company for several years when that opportunity came up. Uh, also, I know his brother John has been in and out with medical issues, um, and and they actually a couple years ago thought they were going to lose him over some of those medical issues. Okay. So he, he's been up and down on that health sure. spectrum. Sure, sure, sure. So do we know when they when they purchase? I'm not familiar so with they, the Dickies Barbecue. Do we, what what is the baseline of Dickies? Do we know? I mean, I I, I looked the, a little bit into it, but it just seemed like your your run of the mill barbecue joint. It seems and, like a like kind of a fast food meets um, you know standard barbecue. Yeah, is that is yeah. that fair? That's I think I think a fair assessment. Yeah, because I. I mean, I'm familiar with some of these businesses. Obviously, I like the the mom and pop, the little dine-in, yeah. uh, you know, diners, dives, and whatever those are, you know, or whatever that, that show is. So I like the little independence, but uh, Dickie's appears to be, you know, a fast food barbecue joint. Yeah, I, I think it's... I wasn't familiar I, I with I don't know that it's necessarily broke. exactly fast food, but I think it's designed to be a faster service type yeah, yeah. kind of like a Mission Barbecue, right? Yeah, I would say that's probably I've close. not been to this particular, um, you know, this particular establishment, I, so. I have not either, but. Uh, I, I didn't, I looked at a couple of reviews on, on, online, and I mean, that I think is another opportunity. Uh, it's some time for us to pack, uh, you know, to unpack in this podcast is the review system. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and how that has changed the consumer marketplace. Uh, but I was looking at this particular one, and um, well, were you looking at the reviews for Erie or the reviews for Dickies as a whole? It was Dickies as a whole. Okay, I yep. was I was trying to understand Dickies because at first, when I saw this break, um, I thought, man, that that seems small minded. Yeah, right? let's. I'm just gonna be very. I'm gonna speak freely in that regard to say, man, that really seems small minded. That seems like a a, a gross mismanagement. Um, I saw it as an, at an organic level happening yeah. from some of the former employees and uh, and supporters of those of those employees, and they were sharing posts and they were uh, recounting their own experiences. I equally have been a fly on a wall with uh, two or three establishments in our specific hometown here, where you know where our studio is located, that have closed sort of unexpectedly in the last year. Yeah. Right. Citing, <clears throat> citing, uh, you know, economic factors, uh, supply chain logistics, you know, financial, you know, disasters, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just, you know, I'm kind of fascinated by that. And so I, I saw this, this happen and I thought, well, this seems not so good. Right. This seems that we have, we definitely have a, uh, an ill-willed party in the process, whether they, whether it's with mal intent or whether it's just absence of intentions, right, right. Um, something's not not quite copacetic. So I start looking into it, and, I, and I'm looking at their social platforms, and I'm looking at, I start to see like their their Google page, and I see the level of refined 
fast food marketing yes and branding and i thought this isn't a mom and pop right mom and pops are using the classic little checkered paper and some you know washable baskets and they might be lucky if they've got you know a sticker on the table this no, was, this is very well branded this every cup's got a brand every piece of every piece of lining and paper and every yep. portion is is you know uh consistent uh within reason on their pictures and marketing i thought man this feels big time you know and so i started to look into it and i was like oh this is a chain yeah which i've never heard of before until it came into erie i had not heard of it either and yeah i wonder where it originates from and, 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 and if i remember correctly and i i could be wrong our listeners may correct us but I, I believe it opened in erie only a year or two ago maybe three years at most okay and then the the owners of it sold it to the Beatties in march of 23 oh okay so all of this goes down um the the Beatty's ownership is only within what's that make it seven months or so? I, yeah, I I believe it's well almost a, almost a year. Maybe yeah, ten uh, months. Eight, ten months. Yeah, ten, ten months. months. Okay, so that, yeah. that that ownership has only been ten ten months, and maybe this franchise has only been open under three years. Right. It opened uh, in COVID times then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think I believe that's when it was. Yeah, either right before or right after COVID. I think started. I read somewhere that it actually opened right before COVID, but because of the COVID shutdowns and the logistics with that, it had a stumbled opening. Yeah. There was a number of people that who sounds already right. stuff. There was a number of, you know, the whole world, right? People who were trying to do big things in, in Q419 laid the groundwork in, you know, Q120, and then the world shuts down. Yeah. And I think... I think I, I loosely read somewhere that this establishment was supposed to open, and then the shutdowns happened. Yeah, I think that's correct. It, it okay. got, their opening well, got pushed back some, or something. If not, somebody will correct us, or, or yeah. we'll do an addendum on it, and that's fine. But, but anyway. So the whole point, why are they in the news? Why are they in the news? The, well, they're in the news because they're not paying their employees, allegedly. Yeah, that's a no-go. That's like the that's the that's that's bad business for everybody. Well, and the, the interesting part is that... There's an uh, the news article that I printed off for us to reference was from January third of yes. twenty four, and it's important to note that this record date is January sixth. Yeah, right. Is it six, uh, seven, eight, 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 eight? It's January eighth, so we're only five days post this news article. So what's what's real interesting about that news article is from Erie News Now's who the who published it. Mm -hmm. They actually have another article, December twenty second stating basically the same thing employees are not being paid oh this my. article is are still not being paid wow so we're talking right before christmas uh people who have you know uh wages that they should receive are not receiving them correct interesting yep so it's in my opinion um there is a, a severe breakdown and whether that is the ownership level Mm -hmm. or the personnel level mm -hmm. has yet to be determined. We're going to talk through that. Sure. But the the fact that you have employees working there for that period of time without getting pay and knowing they're not getting paid mm -hmm. is questionable. Right. Uh, additionally, the fact that the business was closing early, and I reached out to the owner and asked about some of the, the, the topics on his side yeah. of it. Yeah. And he said, you know, the employees were closing at 3 p.m. and just going home. They weren't staying open. They weren't doing this. They weren't doing that. Okay. So 
3 p.m. on like a like a, a like busy an day. actual day, right? Yeah. It's, it's a, an appropriate working day where they would have been open till six to eight or something at least. Right. So my question in, in that situation is, why were they given the ability or authority to leave early like that? Sure. Why were they given the authority to close a restaurant during peak times? Sure. And what was their motivation behind that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you don't just, if, if you know you're not getting paid, but you know that you're about to get real busy and you have an opportunity to get paid, yes. you don't just close the doors. Sure. So what's what, what's going on there? There's yeah. more to the story. Well, and, and not only is, in, in my opinion, is there more to the story, but man, there's a whole... There's a whole management of human experience going on there because There's, it's a cultural breakdown. It, it is, and and what I see on the uh, the social level, the organic conversation was that some of these employees were going on up to four to six weeks without full pay. Correct. Now, what I suspect, and this is a, you know, just a suspicion. I think maybe they were still getting their cash tips. They were probably still getting, you know, whatever that just pittance of, you know, I work tonight and I get to put 30 to 80 so, bucks in my pocket. So I believe maybe the servers were. Totes. But you've got people in the news story saying that they were making $13 an hour. They're not making tips. No, 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 no. And that's what I'm saying is I really feel like from the the social piece that I was seeing, reading between the lines, yeah, I felt like there was still a pittance of cash flow coming in from this employment position, but that the folks were getting promises of pay. Correct. There were there was uh, to to speak to your cultural issue. There was uh, they were you know somebody at a management level or an ownership level was. Was going, oh, well, it's going to be Tuesday of next week. It's going to be just hold in a little bit longer, right? So, and and I think the the statement that got me most fired up, and this was uh, directly from the owner, and that was the employees did not give me enough time. I was trying to take out a personal loan to get them paid. Mm-hmm. We're, you said four to six weeks. Yeah. What do you mean you didn't give them enough time? Right, right. They shouldn't go six weeks without pay. No, no. And that's the thing is somebody's getting paid, right? I mean, if the lights are on, if the door is open, if the food is coming in, and I understand that you have to I mean, do you, certain things to ensure that you can make money. Right. And, right? But but at that point, are, are they paying their bills? Uh, did, did everything get shut off at the end of that six weeks? And that's that's a, a wonderful thing that we're not talking about in the news. And obviously this personal uh, firsthand account, they're not talking about that. It's this very much um, implications of wrongdoing. So ownership is saying that the employees were mistreating uh, and, and abusing, abusing the, system. the system and the process. And the employees are, are, are having a similar uh accusation against the ownership yeah and i it's amazing how recently and i don't want to get off on too much of a tangent but i've seen this happen uh specifically at a local restaurant uh exact same thing the employees accuse the ownership of mismanaging uh funds and priorities and ownership uh, basically blamed everything except for themselves. Yeah. Um, in that local situation, you know, they did 
factually have health issues. They did factually uh, lose a partner in the last three to five years. They did um, factually have some hiccups, right? Yeah. Um, equally, I had uh, another restaurateur who blamed, I, I say this tongue in cheek, but blamed America. Just, you didn't support me, right? The community didn't support our endeavor. Yeah. And yet, uh, factually, this specific uh, restaurateur had 4,000 followers on Facebook and, uh, you know, had two, three, four hundred uh, interactions in all of their posts. You know, I'm thinking, homie, you got more support than, you know, the local McDonald's. Right. Uh, their doors are open. Yeah. You know? Um, so we have this inconsistency and the inconsistencies, inconsistencies continue to be the human uh, conversation happening, yeah. right? And then us as just voyeurs on the outside who are just receiving it are just getting these little snippets, these little bullets of information. And then we have to discern based on our experience who to believe in the process, right? So I think one of the... the important questions that we have to ask is what went wrong where where did they go wrong yes and what could they have done differently well and i would like to ask what is the motivation for continuing to work four to six weeks without full pay and that's the only point i was trying to make about people getting potentially getting a little bit of tip or a there, little bit of shared shared a, revenue yeah there's some some extra aspect there that kept them there what is the motivation because in in the comments when people were asking well why'd you still work there the the number one response that i kept seeing over and over again was we valued the growth of the business and wanted to see the success of the business sure so that they, they were understanding with promises that they could potentially see well and, and success. And I think that the one of the challenges, if we're looking at a franchise, first of all, franchises are uh, supposed to franchise uh, are supposed to support the franchisees. Yes. Right. So you have this insulatory value. Um, as an employee in a business and a business owner to say, I'm supposed to have a big brother who's got my hand, you know, outstretched on my shoulder. Correct. Right? Um, <clears throat> I have a little bit of a parachute in the process. So it gives you a sense, kind of a, a, an inflated sense of security, because unlike an independent who goes, hey, I either make it or I break it, right? Um, the franchises ideally have some some fallback. Well, and I think some of it goes to that st the statement of you don't know what you don't know. Yes. But these employees were literally being paid with personal checks. And I'm sorry, if I'm working for a franchise company and I'm getting handed a personal check, I'm I'm already reconsidering my options. Oh, well, be absolutely. Because that's not that's not legitimate pay. Well, and then what I was I was, you know, going on to to say was the other piece is it's an it's a infantile business, whether you look at it it's just as an establishment within the greater Erie community or whether you look at it as just under a year of ownership by the Beatty brothers, it's infantile, yeah. right? And so that that startup, I think the the inflated sense of confidence of a franchise uh, p you know type of pursuit and a a startup, an infantile business, it is, you feel excited to be at the ground floor. You're primed and ready to be part of this. Yes. And, and depending on how charismatic some of the workers are, 
uh, you could, you know, if we have, as we've talked through, you know, the last year or two of uh, some of our, our qualifications for good workers, if you've got one or two good workers in there who are gravitational, you go, okay, hey, this is a good establishment. We're going somewhere. We've got hiccups. We've got bumps in the road, you mm-hmm. know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold steadfast. I'm gonna ride this out because we're gonna make it. Yeah. You know? So I get it because as um, as business people, we do encounter that. Yes. Right. We do, and we've talked uh, quite a few times. Uh, you know, us in this you know in in this program that you you just have to kind of compounding you know compounding process, and you just have to hunker down and ride it out you have to when you know times get tough tough people get going right yeah um so does anybody get tough in this situation right right instead it seems like there's a lot of finger pointing and as you mentioned you reached out um at a direct level and what what we received in in response to this was Oh, well, the employees shut down at our busiest time when we had an opportunity to make money. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, why didn't you go in and work? That's exactly my thought. I I mean... That's 100%. If you're the owner of this business and you want to see its success, you are there during peak hours. Yeah. Why are you not... If you already know you're having struggles... Why are you not there managing it directly? And I think that's what we have to, I mean, for our listeners, they're probably going, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Why, you know, who's working, right? Because realistically, we're under the impression that ownership is not physically present and that basically the restaurant is shutting down. Um, like physically, it's not operating during during advertised business hours. Yeah. And it's doing so not because, uh, oh, hey, we sold out a brisket and fries. Right. Um, but because, hey, I'm not getting paid and I have, an, uh, I have an obligation to go to and we're understaffed and I'm going home. Yep. Or something, you know. Um, <clears throat> you have not, at an ownership level, appropriately incentivized your employees to do their job. Right. So, so already we have a breakdown in ownership. You can't say I'm an owner. You're not owning anything. Correct. Right? Well, you, you simply own it in, you know, in numbers on, on a uh, piece of paper. On a piece of paper. Yep. But I think that the 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 biggest piece uh, that I you know that I have, have adhered to over the years is the concept of kind of extreme ownership. Now that I think has a lot to do with startups and with uh, struggling businesses, if you're in a struggle. Yet again, you're going to be shocked with the quote of the week uh, because of that statement. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, we'll have fun I, when we get there. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so, <laughs> But that's what I, I mean. I think that that's one of the big things that, yes, there are, if you were to look at uh, people who are doing in, investment uh, businesses, yeah. right? Um, if you are a... You, you go in with seven other people because you're part of a financial investment group and you buy a operating business yep. and you have good management uh, who is running that business, then that is, <clears throat> that is a particular business model, right? If, is, if this particular business is struggling, your employees are struggling, if you're writing personal checks to make payroll, uh, 
then the reality of the situation is you don't have that investment brokerage business ownership model. Right. You have just a step above sole proprietorship. Yep. And and to me, the way that I, I don't believe that the Beatties are malicious in their intents. I don't believe that they were uh, intending for their employees to not get paid. I believe that they actually genuinely wanted to see them get paid. Absolutely. I, I believe genuinely that the Beatties were losing just as much money, if not more, yes. in this process. Yes. But it still comes back to their management their where ownership I can, where i can 100 percent step in as a as a personal per as a person uh as an entrepreneur in this position i can 100 percent be critical of the fact that they did not exhibit extreme ownership not only did they not exhibit extreme ownership but they did not uh, they did not create a culture for success they did yeah. not breed a culture in their business and their organization to help lead the way and help show what needed to be done so that everybody was successful. Sure. And I think that the one of the biggest challenges with this type of situation, which we may want to get into, um, you know, potentially in the next, uh, in the next uh, episode of American Hustle is, how should you respond at this point? Yeah. Right. So to save face yep. within the community, to save face as a franchise, and maybe we'll look into and kind of chronicle a little bit more if we can kind of dig up uh, what is going on here. If we can kind of unpack this a little bit further to say, how should you respond? Because what we can, what I think we can confidently say right now is the community is being made aware of this via social campaigns. Yep people who are sharing posts online specifically that are saying, hey, we're not getting paid. That's not okay. Um, this is a problem. And y y we should say something to Dickies about it. Right. At, at this point, you might as well have yelled, let's grab your pitchforks and, and go because well, it's a social media fire. And that's exactly what has happened. Right. And so how have they responded? Quite frankly, outside of you going kind of directly to them for, uh, you know, for input. They haven't. There's no response. It's no. crickets. It's radio silence. No, no comments to the news have, who've reached out to them. No comments on their on their actual social media page other than all the negative comments. Yes. Um, their signs of posts have been deleted. There's uh, It's talked about in that news article. So other than those deleted posts, what, what is their response? And it's, it's, you know, not helping the cause by, in my opinion, not operating transparently or transparently enough. Yeah. Because I think that, <clears throat> and we can talk about this just a, a smidgy bit now, but maybe, you know, kind of unpack a uh, an actual guide next week to how to respond when things go poorly. I, I think our topic next week is what, if anything, can save this business. 100%. And, and I, I love to do that because I think that that's one of the things that I have uh, prided myself in when things do take a negative turn, when you can kind of see that fever pitch murmuring among the masses, Yeah. right? Somebody's calling into question your integrity, your process, your approach. And how do you respond as a business owner? There has to be a level, a level of recognition and transparency without... Uh, 
you know, without going too far to, you know, to be overly revealing of the man behind the curtain. But ultimately, there has to be some response. We can't ignore it. Yeah. That's not the world we live in anymore. Um, and certainly at this kind of community-based level, you can't ignore it because these people are your coworkers, they're your neighbors, they're in the local news, they're, and they just so happen to be online as well. And the fact that they're not saying anything is mind-boggling because yeah. I think that humans, we, we understand to a degree that things don't always go right. And I, I feel like personally, maybe they just retreated and they're kind of hiding at the moment, you know, away from it because they don't know what to do. Well, I feel like they, you know, they, they hit, they didn't see the writing on the walls is yes. what it comes down to. And they were not able to address it early enough. Well, and I think that, you know, part of the challenge is I don't think that anybody goes into the business. Uh, they don't go into training for a triathlon. You don't go into uh, creating a nonprofit agency with the idea that you're going to be a tremendous failure. Right. Right. You never endeavor into that with the mindset that like, well, you know, this is going to flop and that's going to be fun. Nobody actually thinks that's the case. No, you wouldn't have started it if they, hundred percent, uh, unless you're a millionaire that's bored and you're like, yeah, I'll throw a million bucks at this to see what happens. Yeah, whatever. But Correct. no, otherwise the average human is going, I can do this. I can make it happen. And they're not expecting that failure. I, and that's, and I think that, that is exactly it. We have talked about that in previous episodes that rock bottom. We've yeah. talked about kind of when the world just seems to be very crippling in, in its approach to every time we turn around, we, we get hit with these, you know, accusations or, or bills or whatever. Right. And we just, kind of feel smaller and smaller and smaller um i get it right and so that's very very challenging so what then is that culture right that you're talking about is it the idea that they expected that they were just going to be owners and and not hands on you know hands on the deck um unfortunately i don't think that you buy a infantile or struggling business thinking that that's going to be the case right and the idea that as you see as you see those numbers not lining up you have to pivot hard it's yeah. not all of a sudden just going to rebound but i for one remember uh both the kind of the crippling experience but also the empowering notion that nobody was coming to rescue me right i remember looking at myself in the mirror and listening to some motivational quotes and recognizing there was nobody else who had the answer. And it was up to me to figure out uh, kind of on which side of history that I was going to stand. Was I going to go out of business and declare bankruptcy and, you know, get my house foreclosed upon and, you know, have to admit this to my wife and my, you know, infantile children and so on and so forth? Or was I going to double down and, and, go in harder right you know and that i think is the big con contention we have with this situation is there seems to be a tremendous lack of responsibility uh at an ownership level yeah uh both you know from from briefly what we've heard from them what the employees are saying and then the lack of uh presence within media the lack of presence within you know their social campaigns 
it just appears on the outside business as usual. Yep. I'm wondering if they even have um, control over their social media or whether or not that is actually, because as you kind of thumb through it, some of them are really canned uh, photography and posts about like food specials. Yeah. And it kind of feels like, like somebody sitting in like Tennessee who's kind of completely unaware of what's happening in Erie, Pennsylvania is like, oh, it's a scheduled post about pulled pork sandwiches today. Yep. And I just. And it very well could be managed at a uh, corporate level. It very well could be. With maybe one or two locals who are supposed to kind of put that local flair zest. Correct. Because wasn't there a statement? There, there that- was a statement that the management or whoever has access to the social media locally did change the passwords and lock them out. So the the local team that was not getting paid is who's running some of their social media stuff right now. Right. Or they absolutely had their hands in it. Correct. You know, to to uh to a sort. I it's it's I, weird because the posts the when I saw it the other day, they were like wildly disconnected so I, from the severity of what's happening right now. And and I almost wonder if it wasn't hey, with this franchise you get a Facebook page with these preloaded recirculating posts. Yes. Because that's what it feels like. It yes. feels very, you know, uh, like I said, very... There, there's nothing on their Facebook page that indicates that they're closed for business currently. Right. Right. Super weird. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that we've had this whole conversation, and I think it's important for me to stand on my soapbox and say, you pay your people first. Now, there's a whole mantra out there that talks about paying yourself first. Yeah. Um, and I value that as a healthy business moving forward, right? There's always going to be bills. There's always going to be nuts and bolts. Figure out where you can thin out and say, hey, maybe I don't have to order so many cups this week. Yeah. Maybe I don't, uh, you know, maybe I, I, I put in half an order for this and, hey, if we run out of it, then we run out of it. And we explain to people Cur- that I can't afford the brisket this yep. week, you know? It's, you, you pay your team first, then yourself, and then the rest. Yeah. Yeah, especially in times of struggle. Yes, right. Um, both both for a creating culture conversation, uh, but also a legal issue. Yeah, right. You can't have people working um, and not paying them no. uh, their agreed upon wage. No, nope, not at all. So you have a, a big double whammy. And as a as a person who is in really really lean times years ago. Um, you know, absolutely broken by the the entrepreneurial process, having uh, no money to my name sometimes. Um, you still find the money to pay the people who have kept the doors open. Yep. And then, and when the doors close, then you have to step in and you work for free. Yep. And that is just the reality of the American dream. Yes. It's the fact that I can, I have the ability to do this. Nobody else is controlling it in that moment. If it's really simple, but the people, you know, people fuss and moan. They say, well, they took my liquor license away. No, they're not Dickies. This is a, you know, gross analogy to say, I've heard restaurants blame the government. They took the liquor license away. No, you lost your liquor license because you didn't pay your taxes. Yeah. Government didn't just come in and shut you down. No. They, they would like you having that liquor license because they're getting the tax money. Hundred percent. So when you're not, when they're not getting the tax money, 
That is an ownership level problem. Yeah. And, you know, quite frankly, and I, you know, ruffle some feathers during the pandemic shutdowns. Yes, I understand the government came in and made regulations that made doing business more challenging, but it made it more challenging. It didn't make it non-existent. There's businesses that I, I firsthand know of that actually became more successful because of it, because they changed their model to match it. Many, many, many. businesses recognized that they were actually stuck in a rut and, and that some of the uh, changes that had been made actually benefited them. It created a springboard effect for them to be able to, to go, Hey, I can make this change now. And it goes back to all the way back to the Sears Roebuck model where, Hey, we're doing catalogs. We're doing catalogs. They didn't see the transition to the internet. They thought the internet was a fad and was going to go away and not last. And guess what? It put them under hundred percent. And so ultimately the, the, the piece here is, is about, you know, taking extreme ownership in the process and going, how am I going to dig ourselves out of this situation? If the employees are disgruntled, then you got to get in there and you got to shift culture. Yep. You got to shift talking points. You got to be there simply. I don't even care if you're in there and you're slinging, you know, hash or brisket with them that you're in there talking to them, reinforcing them, affirming them in the process yeah. that the fact to go say bust that- bust the table. So, you know, show that you actually care. Sweep the floor. And it goes back, and I've said this on this particular podcast before, it goes back to when my wife and I had a conversation and I was, you know, depressed and broken and penniless. And she said, you know what? Uh, dollar store bleach, you know, a couple rags, and you can still clean the counters. You can still make Absolutely. stuff. You can still- be resourceful. Not only can you still clean the counters, but you still meet all of OSHA's regulations with a dollar store bleach and a bucket of water. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting spinoff too. Right? I, I mean, it really does. Yeah. Because as long as you're you're concentrating your water with the bleach, you're getting that proper cleaning. So you don't have to go buy the expensive cleaner. Yeah. There's, it's interesting that you bring that up because there's there's <clears throat> there's analogy and and depth for me in that in the, both the. The figurative and the literal explanation yeah. of, of, of that conversation I had with her. And so as an owner, you go, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to bust the tables. I'm going to sweep the floor. I'm going <clears> to <throat> have positive, affirming conversations with my employees. I'm going to pull $15, $20 out of the change that I dug out of couches and wherever. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that that gets directly into those people's hands today. Because you know what? I'm sorry that your paycheck didn't clear on Friday. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, I don't care if you had to, you have to sell a, a guitar. I sold a ladder one yeah. time. I went out of my way to sell a ladder, you know. You got to do what you got to do. You do what you got to do to show the people who are moving your brand forward that you're invested in them. Yeah. And that ultimately appears to have not happened. There appears to be a lot of false promises. And then, the fact that people continued to work four to six weeks is mind-boggling. So there was enough false promises, enough false advertising. Um, enough buy-in to the business, really. Enough buy-in to the business. So at, at some level, they were doing something right to get that level of buy-in. I'd love to know what it is. But, I'd love to know what it is. But yeah, how did they get that buy-in and then still fall flat on their face? I, that, I think, is is something we're going to have to kind of further try to dig up. 
Um, maybe we can try and reach out to one of these people who are passing the kind of the organic social piece along and get yeah. their perspective on it. Because we've heard from the ownership to yep. say, hey, I'm trying to get a loan. Hey, you know, life's tough right now. Uh, I, I hear the same boo-hoo-hoo stuff yeah. from people. Right now, from my vantage point as an entrepreneur who was was broken and not doing well to where we are growing and and scaling and uh, achieving uh, goals beyond uh, what I could have imagined, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, This just sounds like a lack of vision and ownership uh, at the highest level. I agree. Interesting. All right, folks. I hope that you're enjoying this conversation. If you want to look into this, like you said, uh, like Jeffrey had said, you can dig this up on the internet. Erie News Now definitely ran an article. I've seen a couple other blips of it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, head over there. See what you can see yourself. We're going to continue to unpack it because next week uh, we're going to try and talk about what do you do in this situation uh, when the dumpster has solidly caught fire and the flames are are kind of licking out of control, you know, coming up out of the the brim of the dumpster. So we're going to figure out what that looks like, uh, both on, you know, where we sit as a business, but also what maybe, you know, the ownership of Dickies should be doing. And uh, we want to hear from you. What do you think uh, the, the business should be doing? What do you think is happening at the ownership and employee level of this particular franchise. It'll be interesting to get our listeners' input. You can reach out to us. You can email the producer, Jeff, J-E-F-F-C, at sfj4x4.com, the Italian Stallion producer. You can email him. You can tell him about your day, but just tell him, you know, not only about your day, but tell him uh, how we're doing on this particular program. Additionally, you can reach us on our text only number, which is 440-855-2100. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So hold in a little bit longer and hang out for the quote of the week and we'll unpack that together. And this is my world now. It's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. And that is Jocko Wilnick the author of Extreme Ownership, <laughs> How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in the case of Dickies, they tolerated a lot of things that led to the extreme situation that they're in. Absolutely. And, it, and that's the, the nature of it. And whether you don't know what you don't know, and so you're allowing management to... Uh, tell you things that you know that you're not taking uh yeah see I, and i just it's, it's from it's, both both sides i think both the the employees and the the owners both allowed or tolerated things to happen that led to that breakdown in the culture well and additionally i think the tolerate can go kind of in the affirming direction. So so I what I hear you use it in a sense of like hey, we're tolerating negativity that leads to the the demise of the brand or the the pursuit, but also can you tolerate swallowing your pride and getting that dollar store, you know, rag and bleach and getting in there and 
tolerating, you know, within your schedule to prioritize, hey, I'm going to work seven days a week, 10, 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day at my establishment yeah. to help it get back on its feet. Right. And, and the late nights and the early mornings and the restless, you know, the restless conversations, um, are you willing to subject yourself to that? Well, and I think specifically with this quote, the way it says, it's not what you preach. It is literally saying, uh, the, the saying, do what I say, not what I do. It's that same, same correlation. If I, if I come in and tell you, do what I say, not what I do. Well, eventually the employees are going to be like, well, he does it. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that, that gets tolerated and that allows that breakdown in culture to happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I go in and do what I say, I want you to do. And I show you that now the, what I'm tolerating is what I want to see right. happen. You're being a person of your word mm -hmm. without question. Yeah, I think that would have helped uh, this situation, this specific situation, tremendously if there would have been some, you know, boots on the ground and hands on deck, um, you know, not tolerating or tolerating, you yeah, know, the, kind of that extreme ownership yes. in the process. Great conversation. We'll be back next week with a follow-up on it, see if we get a little bit more information and talk about what you do in these situations. Can this business still be saved? Folks, I hope you take this, you know, mix it around in your brain, figure out what you would be doing in this situation, learn from it, benefit from it, get out there and get hungry. And stay hungry. And this is my the American dream is not dead. We want to help you along the way. With over 40 years of combined leadership experience, we want to help you succeed. Share your stories, ask us questions, and believe in the American dream. Through heart and hustle, we will show you the path of success and hopefully have a little fun along the way. You can email us at jeffc at sfj4x4.com or text us at 440-855-2100. Until next time, lead with your heart and keep hustling.